I'm Robert Leslie, and welcome to Spotlight, where your host, J.D. Booth, shares conversations with some of the area's brightest and most interesting personalities. To learn more about Spotlight, check us out at LamptonShield.com for more information and to get the latest show notes for this episode. In the meantime, let's join J.D. now with today's special guest. Thank you, Robert. My, my guest on this episode of Spotlight is Richard Balland. Richard is the Digital Photography Coordinator at Lambton College. He is most uh, famous, at least as far as I'm concerned, as uh, one of the lead photographers at the tragically, for the Tragically Hip, the, the famous uh, rock music uh, uh, Canadian icon. And we began our conversation with... Uh, uh, how uh, Richard uh, became a photographer and first first shot uh, the tragically hip. Here's that interview. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast, JD. I appreciate uh, the airtime very much. And uh, geez, that was quite an intro because I got to think about a bunch of these things. Let's start with the tragically hip then. Uh, so when I was still in college, the first time I photographed them was in 1993, and that was at a festival in Belgium. Uh, I went to Europe in between two of my years while I was studying photography. And before I'd left there, one of my classmates had seen me printing some other music photographs I had. And she suggested speaking to her brother, who was a music editor in Toronto at the time. So I showed him the photos that I was taking, told him I was going to England that summer. And he said, oh, you should go speak to this photo agency while you're in England because uh, that's who we buy photos from. And I said, okay, great idea. So I went to this photo agency in London, England, and it turned out the editor there was from Canada. Uh, so she was very, very kind to me, and, you know, we kind of built a good bond, just the fact that we were both from Canada. And she gave me a bunch of work, and one of the shows that she gave me to go photograph was in this town called Vector, Belgium. And it was a huge festival. Metallica was the headline. Neil Young was on it, the Black Crows, uh, Faith No More, uh, nine or ten bands. Second or third from the bottom was the beloved, our beloved, uh, Tragically Hip. And so that was the very first time I'd photographed them. I'd seen them two times prior to that uh, on the Road Apples tour, so, um, but I'd never photographed them. Uh, so I shot that show. I came back to Canada, went to school, finished my last year of school, moved to Toronto, and right away I got a job in Toronto with this magazine called Chart Magazine. And the Tragically Hip were about to go out on their Phantom Power tour, I think it was. So we're looking at 94 now. And they asked if I wanted to do a photo shoot, Chart Magazine, uh, with Gord Downey for the cover of the magazine to help do some pre-promo for the tour. I said, for sure, I'm into that. So I went and did this photo shoot with Gord Downey, which was great. And uh, Jose Contreras, uh, he's from By Divine Right. They were opening. So I did a shoot with the two of them. And then um, the shoot went really well. Uh, The management called me up and said, can you come and show us the photos from the shoot? And I said, for sure. But I brought along with me these photographs I'd made in Belgium of the tragedy. Had they met you then, or they, no, you were just a photographer? I was not, just another not, I don't mean just, but yeah. you know, there wasn't a personal relationship there. No, I met a couple guys from the band at, backstage at that show in Belgium. But it was just um, a meeting, like a, yeah. hey, how you doing? I'm from Canada. Uh, love your music kind of thing. So then I went to the management, hadn't met them before, uh, Jake and Shelley. Um, Jake Gold and Shelley Sturtz from the Management Trust. Uh, they looked at the photos of the photo shoot with Gord, and they were really happy with those. And they asked after the magazine run them, 
if or ran them if they could buy some of the photos for promo or use some of the photos. So I licensed a few of the photos to them, but I brought along these live shots, and that was a really great move on my part. Even at the time, I wasn't thinking of it as a move because uh, they looked at the shots and they liked them, and then they said, oh, you know what? We don't have a photographer for the tour coming up. Would you be interested in photographing some shows for us on the tour? And uh, you took know, you about three seconds to say yes. Well, it's kind of funny because I think I was trying to play cool, like, well, you know, I got to make sure I can do it or whatever. But you're right. In my brain, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so into this. Uh, so I did a handful of the shows, more than a handful of shows on the Phantom Power tour, and it really opened up a relationship with them. I got to meet the guys, and turns out the guys are just really great, normal guys, and uh, a lot of great conversations, and it just kind of built and perpetuated from there, and um, uh, it was a slow snowball, I guess, and in the end, I ended up photographing them around 150 times. The bulk of that word came from about a decade, but from 93 up, right up until 2016 on the final tour, I, uh, I had a, a good relationship with them. Um, you know, I photographed uh, one of their albums in Violet Light. Uh, I also did one of Gord's solo albums. I did publicity for them. I did all kinds of, you know, other work when they would get presentations or anything like that. So uh, you were kind of, you, you were their go-to photographer. Yeah, go-to is not a bad word. I, I wouldn't pin official photographer because I'm not sure if they've ever had an official but go to, yeah. I, I definitely was one of the first phone calls. So let's segue into the digital photography program because there, there was a, you know, I think there was a Lambton College connection. Yeah. And I've, I've lost track of exactly that. But somebody, I'm, I don't want to, I'm going to let you tell me who it was that kind of introduced you to the need for somebody to run the digital photography program. Okay. Well, that's a kind of a cool story as well. So in, oh, geez, I moved to Toronto in 1994, straight out of school. You know, I probably put 20 plus years into building a photography career. And then um, in the summer of 2000, I'm going to say 2011, I might be wrong, it could be 2012. I was in Toronto, living in Toronto, and my phone rang. And uh, so I looked at it. I was on another call at the time talking about another photo shoot, and it was Lambton College. And I couldn't answer it because I was on the other call. But I thought to myself, wow, I wonder what they want. I hope they don't want me to teach, which is really funny because I had no ever intentions of teaching. Anyway, I got off that phone call, and it turned out it was my friend Greg Lee. Greg Lee and Alistair McKay are both, um, you know, they, they've been And here. Greg works here. Yeah. We're, we're talking in the Lambton College Event Center where your office is. Exactly. And Greg is... I'm not sure it. exactly what... He's the what, manager. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Alistair's a coordinator for um, uh, the culinary program. Yeah. So those two called me. Greg was the one that actually made the call, but the two of them I've known since high school uh, for a, you know, a bunch of different reasons. Anyway, the message on there said, Greg, uh, Greg said to me, you should call me. I've got a really interesting opportunity. Maybe you'd be interested. Still thinking, oh, I hope they don't want me to teach. <laughs> I called Greg up, and uh, Greg said, oh, I just had this meeting, and Lambton College is thinking about building a photography career, and they were looking for... Program, yeah. Or, sorry, a photography yeah. program. And he said they're looking for a photographer as their subject matter expert, SME. Um, and I thought, you'd be really great for this because you have so much experience as a photographer. So the subject w would be, normally you would need a master's degree to teach at the community college level, and SME would be somebody who they want 
to teach even though even if they don't have a master's because they're they're an expert in their field. Is that a fair Yeah, I think assumption? that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have a master's. I don't have any yeah. university education. But I do have about 30 years of yeah. solid real-life education exactly. in the exactly. industry. So, Which um, in this case probably trumps a lot of um, you know academic uh, credentials. You've got the work experience credentials. I don't think I, personally, I wouldn't be bold enough to say that it trumps it, but I certainly would agree with the fact that uh, uh, real-life experience is, is incredibly important. valuable. Because yeah. you can go learn photography. Let's just talk about photography. You can go study it for 20 years. It's, when you're actually a photographer under pressure getting paid, uh, that's a different experience than going to school. That's a fact. Um, and I went to school for four years to study photography. So... Sorry, I'm bouncing around a bit here, but to so go back came, to Greg. You, yeah, so you came here and... I came for a meeting, and it turned out to be a four-hour meeting with the dean at the time. We had a great conversation about it, and I left there going, wow, building a photography program is an incredible experience. I think I'm going to take this. But I, I sat on it for a week. But if you think about it, let's just talk about Ontario. In Ontario alone, probably every college in Ontario already has a photography program. So in my mind, I'm thinking... This just builds towards my legacy, let's say, and I'm doing air quotes here, to, to be able to do this because where do you get this opportunity? It doesn't exist. All the, all the colleges have photography programs, so there's no way I can let this pass by. I have to take this opportunity. So I went back to the dean and said, I'll take the job. I spent 14 months building the structure and the core of this program, uh, which again, was an incredible experience, an incredible opportunity. I'm so glad I took it. And all the way through that building process, I had no intention of teaching. Before the program started, maybe a month or so, they said, we haven't hired any instructors yet. Would you be interested in instructing? And I thought, oh, brother, that's definitely not where I wanted to go with this. But I, at the time, I still have two very young children. But at the, they were even younger back then, like babies. And I thought, you know what? this is a really good opportunity because this is a good father move to have benefits and to have a, a real job, not one where I'm off all the time because I traveled quite a bit as a photographer and I was shooting a lot of nights. And maybe it's a good idea to go share this knowledge that I've been accumulating over all these years. So I took the teaching job, which blossomed into the coordinator position. So I am now the coordinator of the program. The program's been up and running for six or seven years. And uh, it's been an amazing experience, and I made the right move by pursuing so this. So let's talk about some of the people that have been through the program and how their careers have uh, matured, blossomed. Hmm. Can you give me a couple of examples maybe of people that you know really have applied what they've learned here and and began begun a career in, in photography. Okay. Well, just yesterday I had a graduate here who um, is still kind of working her way uh, to finding work, and we were talking about it, and I said, you know, the graduates from our program that have done the best in the field are the ones that never stop. Like, in those first five years, it's, it's a crucial time to get up and running and to get it off the ground, but you need this perseverance. So anyway, we had this conversation. 
but there have been a number of graduates that have left the program who've done exactly what I just said to you. I mean, you need to be a good photographer, too, and you certainly need to be a good person. Um, people don't just hire photographers, they hire people. So that's uh, an important piece to the puzzle. Is that part of the, the training is, is, you know, it sounds like maybe a loaded question, but is that part of what, when somebody comes here and rolls in the digital photography, I mean, there's the technical part of it, but is there a little bit of the people and how to deal with people and that sort of thing? Well, that's a good question because that's a good promo piece for our program. Um, all of our instructors are hired on the fact that they're, they're working photographers. You know, f at least at this point right now, we don't have anyone working in the program who has less than 10 years of experience. Myself, I have well over 25 years. Um, and all of our instructors are working photographers. So there is a business class where we actually teach business entrepreneurial skills. Uh, and we tailor it for every student. So every student's kind of getting one-on-one -on -one training to help get their business off the ground. But all the way through the program, our instructors are, and I use this word lightly, mandated to give business skills all the way through. Because they have all this experience, tell stories in the classroom. And don't only tell the great things that happened to you, tell the terrible things yeah, that happened as well. Yeah, the mistakes. Yeah. You know, let these students know that. Well, that's problems. how you learn, right, is, is by making mistakes. And hopefully you can say to yourself, well, I'm not going to do that again. It's kind of like parenting in a way. Like, yeah. You know, you're going to give your kids the best advice that you possibly can. You're going to tell them about the mistakes you made. We all made mistakes. They're going to go out and make their own mistakes no matter what. And so are students when they graduate. But if you can kind of let them know some of the things that went wrong in your career, then they'll miss those, hopefully. Or they'll learn a little quicker than I might have or one of yeah. our instructors. So we give uh, business skills in our business class, but we give business skills all the way through. And we use our own photographs to teach from. So I think there's a lot of... Well, there's when you're showing a photograph, it would seem, and I'm not a photographer, but it would seem that you know, there's a story behind that photograph that photograph, how, how difficult it was to get, or, or the circumstances, and that's, a, that's a, another learning experience, isn't it? I think you're right. Every photograph has a story. Every photograph tells a story. Every picture tells a story. There you go, Rod Stewart. Um, but every photograph has a story. Um, it probably tells a story, the, the actual photograph, but what went into making that photograph, and sometimes they come really easy. I think it's like writing a song. You, you hear stories where, oh, I wrote that in four minutes. And once in a while, I get a shoot where it just came together. But I'll, most of the time, it's a lot of work and energy and experience that went into lighting this, if it's an actual proper photo shoot. And then if it's a concert photo that I'm making, you know, I've heard people say things like, oh, concert photography, it's not that difficult. Well, maybe going in there and making a quick photo isn't that difficult, but capturing the moment definitely is a challenge and capturing a good moment and getting a good exposure that takes skill and that takes experiential learning um, and experience so every every photo does have a story and I use 99% of my own photos to teach from and so do our instructors so let's talk about the program uh, tell me, I know nothing about, assume I know nothing about the program. Okay. It's how long is it, uh, how difficult is it to get in, and who are you trying to attract in terms of students? Okay, so it's a two-year diploma program. 
uh, in the two years of four terms, uh, two fall terms and two winter terms. So basically runs from September to December, then January to um, April. Uh, the first year really is about giving technical skills. Uh, we really want people to become very accustomed uh, to and comfortable working with their camera, choosing lenses, uh, all the computer equipment and, and Photoshop and that kind of thing uh, that goes along with editing your images afterwards, and then lighting skills. We want students to be well-versed on dealing with available light, and then in the, we, as the winter time comes along, we start working with studio lighting. So students are really given this solid technical foundation because I and our instructors all have this kind of mindset where we believe you can have this wonderful creative idea but if you can't get it out with your technical skills then it's just going to remain an idea. We really want to give you that technical support to help get these amazing creative ideas that you have because you can close your eyes and see a photograph but if you don't know how to make that photograph it just remains an idea, it remains yeah. a dream. So it's up to us to make sure we give you those skills. Um, we try and leave all the creative content open because we want students to make photographs that they're very happy with. We'll give you the technical assignments. Every assignment has some sort of technical criterion that you need to fulfill, but I want to leave that creative part as open as possible. That way students feel inspired. They're not told to go out, go out right now and photograph a tree at F4 at you know, 125th. No, no, I don't want it to be like that. I'll tell you so, how. So really I would use the analogy... Um, you could have a recipe. You could give them a recipe to to make this meal, right? Yeah. Or you could say, um, take these ingredients and come up with your own representation. Yeah, make something of that you want to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that way they leave with a portfolio full of images that they're happy with, and they created them. Yeah. So the end game of the program really is, after those two years, I want you to leave here with the confidence to go out and pursue a career in photography, photographing subjects that you have a passion for. Because that's what I did in my career. And that's not the way the program I attended was laid out. The program I attended was great. I learned a ton. But they didn't have that same philosophy. I managed to pull it off because I'm, I'm really driven. Uh, and I really wanted a career working as a photographer in the music industry. I had that figured out long before I left. I don't find students always know that, so I'm going to help them nurture that while they're in our program. And it's really important to me to spend extra time with every single student. You know, it would seem you would have to have a passion, and it sounds like you do, a passion for really equipping students to uh, carve their own path as far as photography by giving them insights, not just the technical, but insights into how this thing works. Yeah, it's, it's funny you think you say that because the, the passion for working with students is incidental or coincidental. I never came into here knowing that I had that passion. I just love photography and I love music. And I've been able to put those two together. But it turned out I have a passion for teaching as well, and I didn't know this. I had no idea, but I really do love it, and I love talking to creative people. I can sit and talk about creativity and creating the whole day, no problem. So when you get students in here that come here with that same passion, and they're kind it of... It energizes you, doesn't it? Totally. 
and it, it comes in here unbridled. They're like a bunch of wild mustangs, and you got to kind of help them, uh, you know, fence them in a little bit and tame them a little bit. And I mean tame in a polite way and a respectful way. But let's harness that energy yeah, you have. Yeah, I was going to say harness something. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like let's turn that into something because if you don't have someone helping you contain it a little bit, it's so wild, and it, it's, I think it's probably overwhelming. Come to the program for two years, and we'll help contain that. We'll help trim off the parts that aren't going to work right now and build that into something that's really valuable. And if you leave the program energized, motivated, that's huge. Motivation's huge. Uh, you're going to do well. And that kind of goes back to your original question. The students who've done the best are the ones that leave here motivated. You've got to hit the ground running. If you're going to leave here and go sit on your couch, you're going to continue sitting on your couch because no one knows who you are. You've got to get your work out there. Get out there and do exhibits if you have a chance. Get out there and network. In some cases, you're still going to have to work for free or next to nothing in the beginning. I'm not suggesting you go out there and undercut professional photographers, but you need to get out there and network. Well, you, you're you an example of when you went to England and you met the the person that, you know, you were, it was suggested that you get in touch with this agency, and it turned out the person running that was a Canadian, and that was an opportunity bonding that that led to you know doing the shoot with tragically hip in belgium uh and and on from there so well that's a fact in in networking and looking someone in the eye and shaking their hand it's so important and man there's even more to that uh, that england connection because that was just the first year i ended up working in England for almost 20 years every single summer I went there and in some cases I would go to this agency now this is before digital technology before computers uh, and I would just deliver packages for them in the daytime and then I would go out and shoot at night I, I basically was a courier for them making next to nothing I was living in this really crap I don't even want to call it a hotel it is named a hotel in Earl's Court in London and it was so small, that room. I seriously could not have my knapsack, my camera bag, and my tripod on the floor with me at the same time because the room was so tiny. But I didn't care about that. I was young, and I was into it, and I was in London, England, and I kept going back every summer. I would deliver packages in the daytime for this agency, and then at night I would go out and photograph whether I was at the Brixton Academy or Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium a couple times, or I'd get on the train and go to other cities in London. And... It had nothing to do with money. I wasn't making it. I was eating baked potatoes on the curb to, to eat at night. So I wasn't making money, but I was making connections. And, uh, you know, to use a cliche, I was cutting my teeth and learning how to work under pressure and with deadlines and under terrible light. And it just helped build. So how, this is a, a you know, back in time, how did you get things developed the the film did you do it yourself or did you send it to a, a a shop or now we don't worry about any of that now it's all digital but that was a practical thing right well yes and the great thing about london england and new york city because i have lots of great new york city working stories as well they have 24-hour labs and london had this amazing 24-hour lab called the uh, i think it was called metro it might even still be there, but it was so fun because you would go shoot a show, you would go to Metro at midnight or 12.30 yep. in the morning, and there'd be other photographers there. And I have goosebumps talking about this because the energy in that lab, 
at twelve thirty at night was really uh, um, uh, electric because yeah. there'd be all these photographers and the people there at midnight are people that care and they're yeah. into it and so you just start talking to whoever and they're from other countries or hey, this is while your film's being developed yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you go back first in the morning, you get that film because it wasn't digital. And then I would bring it to the agency and then they would distribute distribute it around the world in some cases, certainly around England. And then you would just kind of hope that it was your photo that sold. And that's how you made money. Mm. And I think it might have been a 60-40 split or something. I got 60% of the money. The agency took 40. Um, but it was really up to your creativity that the, the photograph you were trying to sell or the, the photographs really depended on the creativity. The creativity, or sometimes you got to, not lucky, but let's say there's some magazine in Japan that's about to photograph or make a story on Keith Richards, and they want him playing a specific guitar. If you're the one that had a photograph of Keith with that guitar, yours is the one that sold. Yeah. And I tell that story because it actually did happen with a, a Japanese magazine. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what it was all about. You go process your film, there goes all your money again because it wasn't cheap to photograph on film and then you would get it the next morning and do it all over again yeah and it was very exciting times as a young lad you know I was probably 25 it was really exciting and I romanticize it a little bit but I think my memories are pretty accurate so let's let's talk let's segue back to the digital photography program um let's set expectations because when when anybody goes into a program, it really depends on, I think, their commitment and their, you know, their discipline and their attitude and so forth. Talk to me a little bit about um, the kind of students that you really uh, cherish, value. And I realize everybody comes in as a kind of a blank canvas, if you will. But talk to me a little bit about the kinds of students that you're trying to attract into this program. Okay. Well, our students range in age from 17 all the way to 77. That's the oldest student we've had, uh, and he's a really great guy. Um, the students that we want to attract, I guess I want students who are inspired to learn photography. Uh, we get students come that, that already have a bit of a career um, in photography, but we're here to help build their, their skill. Maybe they've learned a couple things off of YouTube and they've built a bit of a career. We want to expand that, what their knowledge is. Uh, we get students who've never picked up a DSLR, a digital single lens reflex camera or a mirrorless camera, whatever. So we start right from ground zero with them. Maybe they've only worked with a phone, but they they're, they're, they have some natural compositional skills. Everything, we'll build on whatever. I, everyone's invited. Um, I'm always going to give everyone their money's worth. That's a fact. Uh, I probably... If someone's at my door asking for help, those are the people I'll help more because they engage me. I can't run around with 30 students and go, okay, can I help you now? Can I help you now? Uh, you know, I'm a busy photographer. If you want people to have an appetite for learning. Yeah, but if you want to approach me and ask for extra help, then I'm, I'm there. I'll always help. Uh, but yeah, an appetite for learning is a good way to put it. Um, I want students who love photography or they want to maybe they love art and this is just another medium for them I think I love students who want to create 
And uh, you said this line earlier, but maybe they want to leave the world a better place. Mm. And that's a really great line. And maybe you can leave the world a better place with your photography, whether it's entertainment photography or maybe you're going to photograph some sort of environmental issue or some sort of um, uh, photojournalism type issue because you're out there to make the world a better place. So I think that's good too. An appetite for learning, that would be the common denominator. So you have room. Um, there's, always a, you know, there's always a limited amount of space yes. uh, in any program. Um, you've got some room for this fall. We when do, have room when this do fall. people need to apply for that? Is there is there a particular cutoff date where we're recording this on May twenty second? Um, there's still time. Yeah, I mean to be honest, we would take students. I mean, any program unless it filled suddenly would take students right up until the day it begins or even into it. I find that artists can be a bit of a, they put the pro in procrastination sometimes. Uh, you know, so we usually get in a, a, a bit of a rush in August where a number of people sign up. We would prefer that people sign up sooner than later because we buy supplies based on sure. the fact of how many people are coming. Our program typically runs between 20 and 30 people. Um, uh, so, you know, I don't know where the numbers are right now, but I know there is room for this coming September. I would suggest getting in here and signing up. If anybody is listening and they have questions about the program, what equipment to buy, what sort of career there is, what we teach, anyone's welcome to call me or email me. And and to summarize, as we kind of get ready to wrap this up, give me the, the why Lambton College. Hmm. Because there are choices out there as, as almost any field, but um, I'm going to suggest that um, it's the experience of the people who are teaching the program in real life experience that sets Lambton College apart. Well, your suggestion is very accurate, and we certainly recognize that there are other programs to choose from. And um, uh, to be honest, probably any program in Ontario is going to give you a great education. But you're right. What separates us from all of the programs is that all of our instructors are working photographers. And I think that's incredibly valuable. And if I would have been younger and someone would have told me that, I would have chose my program based on that fact. Uh, because anyone can stand in front of you with a textbook and teach you aperture and shutter speed and ISO out of the textbook. But I can come in there and go, you know what I photographed last night? This is how I used aperture, shutter speed, and ISO. And I can tell you exactly how it works from experience. And not just experience from 20 years ago. You know, From 24 hours ago. Exactly. We're out shooting, all of us, the day before, the night before, the week before, all the time. I shot over 100 jobs last year. So my knowledge, my experience is fresh. Um, so that's why. And you're building on that and able to, at least in a, in a significant way, uh, share that with your students. Exactly. Yeah. Um, continually building. And I'm still getting to be a better photographer after 30 years. Uh, and I'm, I, you can probably hear it in my voice, but I'm still energized. I'm, I'm 51 years old, but I'm still like, let's go work. Let's go shoot. I, I, I still work I'm working on a series that I don't get paid for. I do it because I love it. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, let's go set up some lights and make photographs. What else do you want to be doing? That's a great way to pass time yeah. and still be productive uh, and still have something tomorrow to show for your time. So I'm still thoroughly energized, and students, I think, feed off of that. 
Uh, other selling points, our students make great photographs. If you want to go on lensonlampton.com, you can see a wealth of photographs that our students have made. Um, they're a testament, without even going and talk to them, how great the work is that's being produced in our program. They get the credit for it, but we're helping train them. You know, it's their creative ideas, but we're helping give that technical knowledge. So uh, our students' work is definitely something. We take our students to New York City in second year. I think that's a really great experience for students. I get a lot of people who've never been to New York. I get a lot of people who've never been on an airplane or have never traveled far before. We bring them to New York. I've worked in New York. I studied in New York, uh, so I think I make a, a pretty good tour guide. We have a set path that we go on, and it's all about art, and it's all about photography. Mm. We're not there on a tourist type of trip. We're out there to... You're working. We're studying. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're seeing New York City. Yeah. But we're, we're learning while we're there, and I'm still learning. And so I think that's a really great thing. Um, and we work with all our students individually, so we're helping build their entrepreneurial skills for them. I don't just come in there and give a blanket story, this is how you're going to do it. I know what each specific student wants to do when they leave. I meet with them So it really is a custom education? Yes. And while our enrollment is, um, uh, let's say, modest, I'm able to give that energy to individual students. So I think that's a great thing that our, our program offers as well. We have a great studio. We have loads of equipment. Um, because our class sizes are reasonably small still, it's a very supportive environment. When you step through the door of our studio, I want everyone to know that that's a safe place for you to come and create the most wild and wonderful ideas. Your creativity is going to be supported when you walk in our studio. Great. Always. Great. Richard, thanks very much for this. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And that's our episode of Spotlight for today. Join us again for another conversation with J.D. Booth, founder and editor of LamptonShield.com. You can click subscribe wherever you found this podcast or check us out at LamptonShield.com where you'll find the latest episodes of Spotlight. For J.D. Booth, I'm Robert Leslie. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we hope you shine bright in everything you do.